It will be soon, but not tonight. I'm not quite ready. Though my nights are sleepless, I still dream. I've won and lost many things in my career, blood, but I've never main evented at WrestleMania. This is my chance. My last chance. In my way, there is a man, and that man has my gold. My ticket to WrestleMania. He may be the game. He may be the champion. He may be the best in the industry today. I should know. But he is no Cactus Jack. And he never will be. Fifteen years I've been chasing this dream. Dozens of fractures. Hundreds of stitches. Countless nights I've fled. You may say this is no dream. This is a nightmare. Maybe, but it's my nightmare. And I decide when I wake up. I wake up. There's no easy way Once again, and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Yes, Patrick, and we gather here today to review another old pay-per-view in No Way Out 2000. But before we get to that, we'll talk some current wrestling. What do you got? I got uh, one of my favorites, Caitlin, celebrating her birthday, the, uh, the former WWE Divas champion, Caitlin. Don't know who she is. Happy birthday this weekend. She is now a female bodybuilder. I, I just don't know Caitlyn. When was she the champ? How you long really ago don't was know Caitlyn? I don't know Caitlyn, sorry. Are you serious? Yeah. How long ago was this? Battled with AJ. Battled, remember they... Battled with AJ Lee? Uh, yes. Okay. Over the title, did the deal with, uh, you know, blonde hair. There's a lot of chicks with blonde hair. Sorry. You really don't know Caitlyn? Don't know Caitlyn. Right? One of my favorite women, female wrestlers of all time. And you don't really. Sorry, bro. How old is she? She just left. Like, she retired a year and a half ago, two years. Don't know. Doesn't ring a bell. Holy shit. Sorry. I just (laughs) don't know any of those. That era of divas wrestling, I just don't know any of them. All right. Sorry. Also, did we ever find out who paid for the TNA pay-per-view last weekend? No, we didn't. But the rumor is that WWE did buy the tape library. And that soon the WWE Network is going to go to tiered pricing where you'll have to pay $15 if you want to see the old TNA and Ring of Honor archives. They're going to have the Ring of Honor archives possibly. Really? So for $5 more, Patrick, for a mere $5 more, you get access to those two libraries. Well, see, I already have them recorded on VHS. So, I mean, but the, but it's a lot more convenient to find them on the network right. than dig out your VHS tapes. But the uh the old TNA shows, even the weekly pay-per-views for for, uh, for ten bucks every Wednesday night when they did it up in in Nashville, it was a really I really enjoyed it. It's the good good shows. So there's a lot to be. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a, that's a great addition to the network if they're able to pull that off. Uh, another one we had uh, Hurricane Matthew affected tapings for TNA. That's right. They had to move some of their tapings around, but they still got in some. Like today, they today they crowned a new grand champion. Yes, uh, Aaron Rex took on somebody else, formerly known as Damian Sandow. Yes, he did not win the grand champion belt though. 
I don't remember who did. Move it around. However, I don't. How does ticket sales work? Hey, by the way, we can't. Even though you bought tickets, we can't do the show that I night. I think or since whatever. it's at Universal Studios, it just comes with your ticket. Price. Oh, okay. And last but not least, we had the uh, the divas. Oh no, Moose. Moose defeated Aaron Rex to be the grand champion. So there you go. Okay, what were Moose. we getting to? Moose. Yes. The divas as I like to call them, but female wrestlers as well. Wrestling fans call them divas. I call them female wrestlers. Anyway, main evented for the second time ever in history, Monday Night Raw this past Monday, when you had Charlotte Flair take on the one and only the boss, Sasha Banks. And they had Sasha Banks win again. Sasha Banks won. This Why was, does uh, this keep happening? It's going to be a... I, I, see, I told you couple of shows ago that we're going to have a title back and forth struggle and it's finally going to come down to listen we've traded it off so many times we're done this is it you can't have another title match after this kind of deal well i think they're going to have a hell in a cell match and you know that would be awesome the first women's hell in a cell match well and it's got to end this feud this feud has been going on for two since y- before WrestleMania, since almost, NXT, almost two years. I mean, you're going back to WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, NXT, WrestleMania. It's going back before WrestleMania 30, and we're going into WrestleMania. Yeah, so almost over two years. Yeah, we need to move on from this one. So, so Hell in a Cell would be a good way to end that. That would be awesome. I mean, Hell in a Cell's coming up. Why not do it? It's going to be a Raw pay per view. So I would love to see it. Yeah, I'd love to see a female Hell in a Cell. That would with these wrestlers. Yes. Not with, not with, with whoever with, Caitlin is. With, I don't want to see that. You don't know Caitlin. Seriously, dude. It's all right. You have a computer in front of you. Look her up. I'll look her up sometime. Maybe Come we can on, do a dude. pay-per-view in the future that featured her in the past, if that makes sense. All right. Anything else? That's all I got. Oh, well, of course, Monday night, you're going to be out at GameStop. I am. Because WWE 2K17, which you went on a rant about a few weeks ago about the Freebird omission... Despite this omission, you're still going to be out there celebrating yeah. the release of this video game. Yeah. Uh, GameStop gave me a call, wanted an autograph signing for the midnight release. I gladly accepted. And so I will be, if you're out, Monday night, close to uh, GameStop in Hickson, Hickson, Tennessee. Come on out, get a copy, get an autograph, ask some questions. I can answer anything you want to know. Yeah, like why is uh, Terry Gordy not in the game? Can you answer that? I can't answer that. <laughs> That's the one thing you don't know. That is the one. But congrats, hey man, making so, appearances. Yeah, you're a big star. I, mean, I didn't realize it. I am. I'm. I am the shit. Don't you know this? You're a regular Triple H. Let me tell you something. I when I say I'm the greatest referee in professional wrestling, I mean it. This isn't a gimmick. This is. This is. I believe it. One hundred and ten percent. Well, they could have used you tonight on uh, No Mercy. Yes, because we. We tape this show on Sundays. Usually we can't watch the main event before we because we need to tape and get on with our lives. But this week, they put the triple threat title match on first, Patrick. And we watched it. But let me tell you something. First of all, if it's the first match, it's not the main event. Don't call it the main event. I don't care what you say. It's not the main event. The main event is always what closes the show? Exactly. I don't care. And now, if you're dumb enough to put your title match first, that shows how ignorant you are. Well, they're up against the presidential debate tonight. So Who cares about the presidential I, debate? I, I, well, this is what I was telling Dusty before you walked in to watch the pay-per-view with us, is that if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to stick through this pay-per-view. 
Yeah. You're going to watch the whole thing. You're oh, not going to flip gonna, away. Yeah, I'm going to go back home and catch up on what we missed while we're doing this. So it doesn't matter if it goes on last or first or whatever. They've got you, so why right. even bother moving it first? Exactly. Because you're going to watch the whole thing. And why I say they needed you in that main event, Mike Kyoto. Well, yeah. no, he actually made the right call. He it did the, the right thing. He did the right thing. The timekeeper needs to be fired. So Cena, Cena and Ambrose had AJ Styles in a submission. We had an STF on Cena's account. We and had a, a uh, calf crusher. Calf crusher on the on the side of uh, Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. And, and AJ, AJ tapped. tapped. AJ tapped. We had a. Uh, but why would why would the ref not just break up the hold to begin with? Because that's what he went to do. It looked like he was... As he tapped, Kyoto was getting up, and as soon as he was getting up, the ring announcer, let's call for the bell. Listen, if I or any other referee, and if you are stupid enough that you don't know what a referee is, we're the idiots in there that have the white and black stripes on. Is that right? Yeah. Because obviously these ring announcers don't know what a referee is. timekeeper. Timekeeper as well. Well, he was the one that rang the bell. And he didn't call I mean, for the bell. Mike Kyoto did not call for the bell. So what would happen, Patrick, if they rang a bell in a match you were refing? I've had it. T- I've had it happen to me once in my career. What happened? I lost my shit. Really? I went out there. I grabbed the bell, slammed it on the counter, told the guy to get to the back. I got back in there. We restarted the match. Wow. You have that kind of power. That timekeeper never worked again. Never worked in the business again. You ran him right out of town. You made him retire. Just like Triple H made Mick Foley retire at No Way Out 2000. And that is the focus of today's episode. No Way Out 2000 from the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. So in the backyard. In Vince's backyard. Vince's, yeah. He got to sleep in his own bed that night. It's February 27, 2000 in front of 12,551 People. This was a small venue for a WWF Attitude Era pay-per-view. Oh, I think they could have filled a much bigger arena. That's that's especially for this card. Yeah, and in the peak period of yeah of wrestling in general. Right. Definitely. Because this is 2000, so I mean, you see WCW's doing the whole well, they're Rus- winding down Russo crap, which is which is terrible, and WWF is now getting the you know getting the push taken over. So this was the hot. The, the hot period for WWF. But the reason I think they run the Hartford Civic Center is just the, the convenience of it, just right. because home field advantage or whatever. And right. I'm sure Vince feels an obligation to the community to run these shows out of Connecticut. I mean, they still run shows out of Connecticut to this mm-hmm. day. Uh, the reason we chose this pay-per-view is because last week, for Uncensored 96, we saw the retirement match of Diamond Dallas Page, and tonight... Mick Foley is putting his career on the line because, Patrick, he wants to headline WrestleMania. He does. It's the one thing he wants, and that's how this show starts out with a promo about Mick Foley talking about his quest to headline WrestleMania. It's on the line tonight, Patrick. I enjoyed this promo. There's no way he'll end up in the main event if he loses this match tonight, Patrick. He'll be hanging it up forever. 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 We go to JR and the King. They've got the commentary for this show. JR promises this will be the most emotionally charged pay-per-view in WWF history. We're already getting a little bit of a glimpse into the future. But you, he says, I mean, the announcers say this in front of most pay-per-views. It's the greatest night in the history. It's the most unforgettable. And tonight's the most emotional. Well, the most emotional hints Mick Foley 
retiring. Well, we'll have to see about that, Patrick. The match, the pay-per-view just started. That's true. Uh, Jerry Lawler predicts, though, that Cactus Jack will lose. He's already he's a doomsayer. He's still a heel commentator at this point. This is before the cat gets fired and he quits, and then he's pretty much a babyface after that. Jerry the King Lawler is still a heel commentator at this point. But now it's time to start the show, and what better way to start it with Kurt Angle? He's out first. He's the European champion. He's going up against Y2J for the Intercontinental Belt. I would just like to say that once I defeat Chris Jericho, and I will, and become your Euro Continental Champion, like the ex-Hartford Whalers, I too will be leaving Connecticut. I know it's a shame, I will be leaving Connecticut as well. But unlike the Whalers, unlike the Whalers, I will return one day and give you the hero that this town so truly deserves. I will, really, really I will. Thank you. And Y2J comes out with none other but China on his arm. Well, he didn't pay her any attention. No. Not any attention, but she's got her little pyro cannon. Little, uh... Which is awesome, by the way. I think it's stupid. Really? Yeah, it's... Remember when Johnny B. Bad was coming out with the little Roman candles and you hated that? But this is just the same thing, only it's a little bit... If I'm coming out with sparklers or a (laughs) giant cannon that shoots out sparkles, which one are you going to go with? It's stupid. I don't like... I remember uh, at WrestleMania, I guess, last year when The Rock had his little flame cannon? Yeah. That was stupid, <laughs> that, too. I, I agree with you on that, yes. Jericho welcomes the crowd to Hartford, is Jericho. Welcome to Hartford is Jericho! Hey, Kirk Angel, let me let you, let you in on a little secret. You are a jackass. Hey, hey! What? And you talk about your three eyes. I agree because in my mind, you're an idiot, an imbecile, and an ignoramus. But Y2J has an eye of his own, and that's the Intercontinental Championship. Hey, he, he can't talk to a gold medalist this way, JR. And it's gonna stay around the waist of Y2J, the only real celebrated bad mama jamma in World Wrestling Federation history. He calls Kurt Angle a jackass. He's got three eyes for Angle. He's an idiot, an imbecile, and an ignoramus. And Jericho says he's got the eye, the only eye that matters, the Intercontinental Championship. Kurt opens up the match by smacking Jericho in the face. Jericho returns the favor and follows it up with a clothesline and knife-edge chops. Then Angle slows him down with a drop toehold. He charges at Jericho and is dumped over the ropes. Then Jericho hits a springboard drop kick to knock Angle off the apron. Angle and Jericho brawl around the announce tables. Angle whips Jericho to the steps. And then Jericho hits a lion salt off the steps onto Angle on the floor. Pretty impressive. He rolls Angle back into the ring and gets crotched on the top turnbuckle, allowing Angle to hit a top turnbuckle belly to belly and only gets a two count. Angle follows it up with a snap suplex for a two count. Then Jericho hits Angle with a double underhook backbreaker for a two count. Angle hits a German suplex for a two count. Then Jericho whips Angle to the ropes. He counters with an armbar takedown. And then Angle focuses on Jericho's arm. And that becomes the the theme of this match. 
Jericho nails a spinning heel kick on Angle and then follows it up with his bulldog. Hits a flying forearm for a two, then Angle tries for a Hurricane Rana. But Jericho counters and powers him into a powerbomb. He has to deadlift him up for the powerbomb and gets a two count. Then Jericho gets trapped in an arm bar on the mat, but he gets to the ropes. Angle whips him to the corner and hits the Olympic slam. But Jericho kicks out at two. So we already in year 2000, we got people kicking out of finishers here, Patrick. Yeah, pet peeve of mine. A finisher is a finisher and a story. Angle cannot believe it. He goes to the timekeeper and grabs the IC belt. This timekeeper, was it Mark Eaton back then? Mark Eaton, I do believe it was. Anyway, the timekeeper gives up the IC belt, so Angle's got it. He goes into the ring, and he wants to hit Chris Jericho with him, but Tim White steps up here in a big way. Timmy White, yes. And he will not let him do it. So he stops him, gets the belt away from him. Jericho then locks in the walls of Jericho, but Angle makes it to the ropes. This was a real walls of Jericho. This was not a... Well, this Boston was, Crab. This wasn't the lion tamer with the knee in the back. No. This was a, yeah, the standing the standing Boston Crab. Yeah, it was the real Walls of Jericho before he just turned it into a full Boston Crab. Right. So then Angle slips out of the ring after he makes it to the ropes. Jericho follows him near the announce tables where Angle is able to get his European title. But China stops him. Uh, China stops him from swinging at Jericho with it. So Angle swings at China. She ducks. And then Jericho runs into the back of Angle, who runs into China, who crashes into the stairs. So now China gets taken out for her effort to help her man Jericho. She should have stayed out of the match completely. Well, that was she had very little to do in this match. Exactly. Yeah, she shouldn't have even been out there. Now Tim White, he's concerned with China, so Jericho drags Angle back into the ring. Jericho tries a lion salt, but Angle grabs the IC belt, which was still in the ring. Now Tim White didn't do a good job of getting rid of the IC belt, Patrick. He would have gotten rid of it. Yeah. Absolutely. you so, got to get rid of it as soon as it as any foreign object comes in the ring. Get your hands on it. Get it out of there. So Angle grabs the IC belt, and Jericho uh, lion salts right into it, crashes into it. Face first. Tim White gets in the ring and counts the three for the win, and new Intercontinental Champion, Kurt Angle, in 10 minutes and 14 seconds. And then Earl Hebner comes out and argues with Tim White because he did a terrible job there. He missed... Your Eurocontinental Champion. That's right. The new... Eurocontinental champion, Kurt Angle. What did you think of this match, Patrick? It was a good match. Oh, it was a great opener. Yeah. Anytime you see Jericho is opening the show, it's going to be a great match. And this is back when uh, Kurt Angle really had a lot of power and a lot of steam behind him. Oh, yeah. Both of these guys in their prime. Here. Yeah. This and Kurt was... Angle's, uh, to be only in the business for a year or so at this point, just... Remarkable how good he is. I enjoyed it. It was a it was a very entertaining match, and it uh, it added to to the card a lot better than most people would expected. We go backstage with Michael Cole. He's with the Dudley Boys tonight. They're challenging the New Age Outlaws. Bubba is still doing his redneck voice, and he says that you know we've already seen one title change, so get ready for another. The Outlaws are out next. Jr. calls them the greatest team in WWF history. Do I you agree? Would, I would not go. At this point in time, till February of 2000, I would have said yes. We've seen the Dudleys actually surpass that. Yeah, you're about to see them get passed tonight. This yeah. is the the passing of the torch. Pretty so much, to yeah. The New Age Outlaws are already six-time champions already in the year 2000, so a lot of miles under their belt. Can Road. you name the, the six teams they beat? Well, I know they beat the Legion of Doom. L.O.D. They beat Cactus Jack and... 
uh, Chainsaw Charlie. Yep. And then they did D-Lo and Mark Henry, I believe. I could be wrong on that. Very rarely am I wrong, but I could be wrong on that. And I think that it was a Nation of Domination DX thing, and they swapped the title off a few times. Yeah, I, I would have to go back and look it up. They're already six-time champions, so. Road Dog has the mic. He tells the crowd that he and Billy Gunn are going to do it doggy style, Patrick. You know, all the while, sporting a smile, me and Billy G do it doggy style. Not with each other, though. I didn't mean it like that. And 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 then he immediately Billy, clarifies yeah. that he doesn't mean it in Billy, that way. Billy turns and looks, and you get a, oh, I didn't mean it like that. So the reason for this match is Billy Gunn put Bubba through the table with a Famouser on SmackDown. So that's why this match is happening. Dudleys are out next. They run into the ring, and the team start brawling. Bubba immediately loses his glasses right off the bat. Those glasses are gone. Road Dog tries to shake rattle and roll punches, but he gets a Bubba bomb for his trouble. Then Devon hits the what's up. The what's up? No, no. It's with that. He's now the legal man, even though no tag was made. Bubba chokes Road Dog with the middle rope, then Bubba tags Devon in. Road Dog hits a sunset flip for a two count on Devon, then Devon hits Road Dog with a clothesline, and then does a crotch chop. Is a, you know, suck it. Yeah. Just a reminder. They're in DX, even though DX is very, very loose affiliation at this time with Triple H. He's D- kind of moving on without him. Right. DX was kind of on its way out the door at this point in time. So. Devon gets an illegal choke while Billy's distracting the ref. Bubba tags in and batters Road Dog in the corner. He eats a clothesline and gets a two count. And Bubba goes up to the second rope, and Road Dog hits him with a low blow and a semi-superplex. Sure. We'll go with it. I like that, actually. Medium plex. Yeah. Devon gets tagged in, and Billy Gunn finally gets the hot tag. We get a Famouser on Devon, but Bubba pulls Billy out of the ring. Road Dog hits the shake, rattle, and roll knee drop for a two count on Devon. Then Road Dog is somehow the legal man now. The announcers point out that he's technically not the legal man. Bubba hits Billy Gunn with a metal pipe on the outside of the ring. Right into the forearm. Yeah. Right into the arm. And you hear the thud off that, too. He must have watched Wrestle War 92 and saw Larry Zabisco with that vicious. Uh, metal pipe thing and, off the ring. And if he didn't, he heard it on the podcast here. Yeah, he, he came uh, 16 years into the future. He did. Listen to this an old podcast. Well, WWE has a time machine they just don't want to tell people. Well, the new, the new Day had the time machine a few months exactly. ago. That's the first time it's made its TV debut. So, so anyway, Bubba hits Billy Gunn with the metal pipe on the outside, so he's done. Then we get a 3D on Road Dog and Devon gets the cover and the tag team titles in five minutes and twenty seconds. And we said this at the start of the match, and I you actually took the words right out of my mouth. I think this was kind of the passing of the torch. Hey, the attitude era was done per se with tag teams, and we were stepping forward into the the Dudleys, the Hardys, the Edge and Christians, the whole, you know, the whole new generation attitude of tag teams yeah and also this was i think billy gunn had a legitimate injury going into this match and he would be off tv for a while and then he would come back as the one billy gunn his singles push so i guess vince had some plans for billy gunn we all, didn't quite work out yeah, i was gonna say we all know it that didn't turn out as good as they were thinking but what'd you think of this match patrick i enjoyed it oh uh, yeah it was a good match these two opening matches have been great yeah i mean five minutes and 20 that's perfect yeah not too long, not too short, just enough. And we've got two new champions in right the off first. The bat. Yeah. 
That, so that's also a clue as to the, the main event's outcome, that yeah. you're probably not going to see a title change when they've already given you two. Billy helps Road Dog up, and he ha- tries to explain to him, hey, man, I got hit in the arm with a lead pipe, but Road Dog, he's pissed off, so we've got some dissension. And Road Dog would, of course, go find K-Quick and uh, start that very start successful that. tag right. team and then get fired for drugs a few months later. I think that ran a total of what, a month and a half? It was very quick. It was a very, it was K-Quick, all right. <laughs> it was, I get it, yeah. Then we cut to Kurt Angle. He's celebrating with the fans near the concession stands. He's supposed to be a heel, but he's celebrating with the people. He is the people's champ. He is now, yes. It's very foggy in Hartford tonight. Uh, they cut to a, a shot of the arena outside. You can't even see the arena. There's no. so much fog out there. By the way, the sponsor of this event, PhoneFree.com, and I looked it up earlier tonight, does not exist anymore, Patrick. Sorry, you won't be able to go to PhoneFree.com. But you know Dang. what website does exist? RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. That's, that's true. It's, it's, it exists. I mean, it just goes to our Twitter page, but it's there. So it's there. Instead of trying PhoneFree.com, try RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. Then we go to Highlights with Viscera. Oh boy, here we go. The real main event. This was who this was rough. This was tough to watch. Viscera splashing pregnant Mae Young. So that's why we've got the next match. Mark Henry defending the honor of his pregnant wife, Mae Young. And he is feuding with Viscera, so we get sexual chocolate Mark Henry taking on Viscera. You know, I was thinking about the great streaks in pro wrestling history, the Goldberg streak, the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. The greatest streak in pro wrestling, Patrick, is the fact that Mark Henry has been employed with this company for 20-plus years now. That is, yeah, that is very true. Mark Henry is one of the few guys that has ever left or said, forget this, on bad terms, and made a comeback. Mark Henry's been there from day one of his career, and that that says something about the man, Mark Henry. But he sucks as a wrestler. He is a terrible wrestler. He, mm, yeah. I don't, oh, oh my God. I don't want to. I just had a breakthrough on this <laughs> podcast because I found a wrestler that you don't love. I I, I like him, but yeah, he's, he's fine. He's, I, he's never improved. No. He, he has been Mark Henry, the same Mark Henry for 20 plus years. And it's, it's yeah. Big Daddy V's out next. You know, his wrestling gear here, it looks like he wrestles in a giant garbage bag. Did you get that vibe from this, it, it this does. big leathery it does. thing? And you've got just the V hanging down there. And, yeah, it's it really it looks like a giant, shiny black garbage bag. This is, is after true. the corporate ministry was done, so and this he's is, just kind of lost. This is uh, right before... A former king of the ring, Mabel here. Mabel, and this is right before he actually takes his hiatus. And uh, and right, and then we'll see him in the new ECW in a few years. In a few years, doing the whole uh, Big Daddy V. Yeah, wrestling shirtless. Ooh, that was ugly. Golly, that was ugly. Holy cow, that was ugly. Before the match starts, Jim Ross tells us this will not be pretty, and it won't get five stars. Well, <laughs> way to go out on a limb, Jr. <laughs> way to promote a match. <laughs> you get strikes to start out the match, and then Viscera throws Henry over the ropes and into the steps. Big Daddy V leans the steps against the turnbuckle and throws Henry into them again. Now And then right away, we've already got boring chance. Two minutes into this match. And that's exactly what it was. V rolls Mark Henry into the ring, covers for a two count, then uh, Big Daddy V hits a Samoan drop. And then Mae Young runs out, 
And she gets a decent pop from the crowd. The people are excited to see Mae Young. She gets in the ring to protect her man, Mark Henry. This giant man needs Mae Young. She is still with hand at this point in time. (laughs) Yes, she's still pregnant with a hand. Viscera shoves her down. And he's going to try a big splash. He's going to end that hand's He's going to end that hand's existence. Yeah, this is uh, it's not looking good. But Mark Henry shoulder blocks him and body slams him for a three count in three minutes and 44 seconds. This was three minutes of my life. I will never get back. But the good thing is, Patrick, it wasn't 15 minutes. That is very, very true. This was a bad match. I mean, it was just an angle. It really wasn't a match. It was yeah. just to continue the storyline of pregnant may young yeah it was it was bad it was brutal to watch jim ross mentions they hope to have an update on billy gunn's shoulder i mean what's there to update we know it's hurt we saw him get hit with a lead pipe well it could be broken it could just be sprained it could be anything i don't think they have an x-ray backstage i don't think they do either lillian garcia she's a backstage reporter in the year 2000 this is young lillian well she never improved either she's like mark henry (laughs) She's backstage with Y2J. She asks if there's any friction between him and China. Y2J says, Vivian, why would there be any friction? China had nothing to do with it. The friction is with Kirk Angel. Vivian, why would there be any friction between China and I? China had nothing to do with this. What their friction is between me and Kirk Angel, the Olympic real jackass who used the belt to win the belt. That's fine. But Kirk, let me give you a little Y2J advice. It's only going to cost you a penny. If you keep celebrating tonight, if you keep making me sick, if you keep making the Jericho-holic sick, I promise you I will stop it and you will never, ever be able to run around and look like a fool again. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, Y2J. Obviously, Y2J does not know who Lillian by calling her Vivian and Kirk Angel, uh, yeah, I think Kirk Angel would actually have been a better that would have been a better ring him. name than Kurt Angle. Yeah, I that would have been that's a wrestling name right there. Hey, Jr. He was like Nostradamus. He predicted a Billy Gunn update. Well, we find Billy Gunn. He's with paramedics and. He says he can't move his arm, Patrick. He can't. Yeah, he's in a lot of pain here. We get the Hardy's music hits, and then Terry is out with the Hardy Boys. Do you remember how they won Terry? As their manager. They won in a ladder match at the WWF No Mercy pay-per-view. Right, the Terry Invitational the Terry Tournament. Terry Invitational Tournament. Tit. That's what it... Vince Russo. But, there uh, you go. But he was already gone by then, probably. This was still... That is something that I'm sure probably has... Now, a good thing she did, this was smart, she bought protection from the APA to protect her from the Dudley Boys. And a lot of guys bought... <laughs> uh, it's the only protection Terry would buy. <laughs> I have a feeling. Edge and Christian are out next. They enter from the crowd. Do the old Edge entrance, I guess. Yes. This is a number one contenders match, so whoever wins this will be up against the Dudley Boys soon. The APA come out next. They put on their work gloves, and they just stand at ringside. That's a good night's work. They're there to protect Terry, and that's it. They don't care about the match or anything else. Jeff and Edge are going to start the match. Jeff tries a corkscrew moonsault, and he misses. Then Christian tags in. He tries to back body drop Jeff, who lands on his feet, and then he gets a drop kick. Matt tags in. They hit their stereo leg drops. His off the second rope. They remove their shirts and make the women in the crowd squeal. And then King proceeds to say, Terry, why don't do what your team does and remove your shirt as well? Well, her shirt was mostly removed anyway because it was missing its lower portion. Yes. So. But King always wants to see... Uh, he loves his puppies. 
Christian and Matt exchange knife edge uh, chops, and then Christian levels both the Hardys with drop kicks. We get Jeff tagging in. They hit the poetry in motion onto Christian, and then Matt follows it up with a clothesline. Jeff is now the legal man somehow. He hits a springboard moonsault on Christian for a two count. Matt tags in, and they hit a double team face planter on Christian. Then Matt tries a crucifix powerbomb. Christian counters it into a neck breaker. Jeff gets the tag. They dive off the top rope, and Christian gets a big boot up. Edge finally gets the hot tag, and then Edge back body drops Jeff with a spinning heel kick and then knocks Matt off the ring. Christian flies off the top turnbuckle onto Matt, onto the outside. Meanwhile, Edge rolls up Jeff for a two count. Then we get Edge and Christian. They're stomping Jeff in the corner. Christian drop toe holds Edge into Jeff's crotch for a two count. A very cool double team move. And not so cool for Edge. No. Edge locks Jeff in a dragon sleeper. Then Edge hits a pile driver on Jeff for a two count. Edge slows the match down with a headlock. Jeff nearly breaks his neck on a Hurricane Rana on Edge. It was pretty brutal. Edge counters another Hurricane Rana attempt for a powerbomb. Then Christian tags in. Christian power slams Jeff for a two count, then tags back out. Matt Hardy delivers a big elbow to Edge while the ref is distracted. Jeff tries to tag in Matt, but is cut off by Edge, who goes to the top rope and gets countered by a dropkick. Matt and Christian get the tags. Matt sort of hits a half twist of fate for a two count on Christian. Edge and Jeff come in, and now there's a double pin attempt. Matt hits a leg drop, and Jeff hits a splash in stereo. We eventually get towards the end of the match. Here is how the match ends. Jeff tries the poetry in motion on Edge in the corner, but Edge counters with a spear. Then Matt hits Edge with a twist of fate. Matt hits an inverted atomic drop on Christian to take him out. But then Terry turns on Jeff and shoves him off the top rope. He was going to try his swanton, I guess. Then Matt Hardy tries a twist of fate on Christian. Christian shoves Matt into Terry, who slaps him in the face. Terry was standing on the corner on the ring apron. Christian shoves Matt. Matt catches himself with the ropes, not wanting to run into his manager. Oh, right. And Terry, what are you, you know, and smacks him. Right, and then Christian hits the unprettier and gets the victory in 15 minutes and 5 seconds. So, to explain that... Terry turned on her men, the Hardy Boys. She did. Which, this was her first match back from something. They didn't explain why she was gone, but... So she came back just to turn on them. Why wouldn't she just turn on them at the start of the match? Why would she even walk out there with them? That's a question you're going to have to ask Terry. Terry thinks she just joined Edge and Christian, but they don't seem to like that idea, so they just leave. Then the APA are confused. The crowd is confused. Matt grabs Terry by the hair. Uh Uh-oh, here comes some domestic violence. He grabs her by the hair, and he's getting ready to tear into her. But good for Terry. She bought the APA. They go into the ring to break up the Hardys. Farouk nearly kills Jeff with a nasty dominator. That was ugly. If you have slow motion on your system, watch the way Jeff lands. He literally almost breaks his neck. JR is appalled by Terry's behavior and says, what a little bitch. I can't believe Jim Ross said that. <laughs> so, yeah, that Jim Jim said that what we all were thinking. So what'd you think of this match? Too long, but good. Yeah, 15 minutes and five seconds. Uh, these tag teams have worked a lot better matches together. Yeah. But it was, it was still okay. It was a decent match. And also, it, it gives the Hardys a new feud and it gives... Edge and Christian a new feud, so mission accomplished. They go backstage. Christian says he knew they would win, but he didn't like how they won. Edge says that doesn't matter. 
they won. A win is a win in professional wrestling. Then we get Big Show. He's with Lillian. He says he's going to fight The Rock to be the number one contender. He thinks he won the Royal Rumble because he has footage of The Rock eliminating him, but he claims The Rock's hit hit the ground before he did. Yeah. The Rock's feet, both feet did hit the ground before Big Show's. Technically, Big Show won the 2000 Royal Rumble. Are you sure? I thought they just cropped out the feet so you couldn't even see. You see the impact. They cropped the feet out to where you can't tell. But you see the impact of his feet smacking. You see the fat jiggle off of the Rock's thighs as his feet smack, so... So you think the Big Show has a legitimate gripe The Big here. Show has... The, technically, the Big Show won the Royal Rumble in 2000. But it goes in the history books as The Rock, so... Boss Man is out next. He's with Prince Albert. They beat up Taz earlier tonight on Heat, so this match was set up in an hour. Taz is out. What a waste. What a waste of this guy. Yeah. From ECW. His WWF tenure was... Garbage. Yeah, and ECW Taz really, you know, had a career, and unfortunately, when he left, the only thing in WWE that he or WWF that he did was he ended Kurt Angle's winning streak, and that was it. And that was it. He never, to my knowledge, I don't think he won. He may have won a tag team title with somebody, but other than that, that's that's all he did. And this match certainly isn't very memorable. No, this was <laughs> this was bad. Taz is out. Bossman attacks him on the ramp. Then they get in the ring. Bossman hits a stinger splash and then gets a clothesline from Taz. So Taz does get some offense in. Taz hits a suplex onto Bossman, then locks in the Taz mission. But then Albert runs in and breaks it up. DQ win by Taz in a minute 23. Yeah. You see a little bit of brawling after this, though. That's right. Albert holds Taz up like he's hugging a baby. Like he's carrying a baby. It's very... Awkward. And then Boss Man nails him with the nightstick. And breaks the nightstick over his head. Yeah, we get boring chants for this beatdown. Teddy Long, he cannot save Taz from Boss Man. He's a ref at this point. He was the ref for this match. Referee Teddy Long can't save Taz from Boss Man and Albert's attack. Boss Man breaks his nightstick on Taz's head. And that was a... Here's where I'm sure we're going to differ. You're thinking that was gimmick, right or wrong? Yes. No. If you go back and watch, that was solid wood. Okay, He splintered that thing over his head. Whatever. No, it was a gimmick. Bossman's never carried a real nightstick. Or real ones. uh, I don't know. Man, it, it looked pretty solid. Commissioner Slaughter and the refs come out to break it up. The post-match, the beatdown, took longer than the actual match. Yeah, it did. And at one point in time, I don't know, technically, I don't know if there was some heated exchange in the middle of this match that actually led for a this to turn into a shoot because it it had a shoot mentality to it because Taz was not laying down. No matter how bad they beat on him to try to go to the back, Taz kept coming back. And uh, so I don't know technically if this did have some sort of a shoot feel to it or not, but just my opinion. Then we go to Kurt Angle. He's out with the crowd still, and he's thanking them for his big win. He is partying tonight, man. He's got he's the Eurocontinental champion. Kane versus X Pac. No holds barred is next. They show a promo package recapping their friendship gone bad. Yes. X Pac turned on Kane, called him a piece of crap, stole his girlfriend. 
Tori, now, this whole match happened over Tori. Mm-hmm. Not better friends, not... This whole match was a fight over Tori. Over a woman, yes. Not even a woman. Tori. Oh, you don't like... You don't think she was attractive? Tori was hideous. I think she was good looking. She was really? Fine. She had a nice body. She... She... she Okay, she had she had a butterface. In the promo package, I wrote down watching X Pac kiss Tori is disgusting. Well, little did I know I would see X Pac do some other terrible things to China later, later on in my life. So watching him kiss Tori, if that's gross, one night in China, I was uh, that's disturbing, dude. Yeah. Now I know what you do on your free time. Absolutely. X Pac had Kane thrown in a mental hospital to get him out of the way. Just get him out of the way. And so. Kane's daddy, Paul Bear, he bailed him out. Brother Paul. Brother Paul. Uncle Paul. Uncle Paul. Well, Mick Foley was Uncle Paul. It was Daddy Paul. It was Daddy Paul. Yeah. Well, yeah. They show a highlight of Kane tombstoning Tori for breaking his heart. So if a girl breaks your heart, it's okay to break her neck, I guess, is what they're trying to get across. That's my motto in life. I mean, I don't know about yours, but... Kane beat Big Show and Triple H in a handicap match. Well, he had some help from The Rock. But in order to get this match, he just went through Big Show and Triple H in a handicap match. Yes. Just to get X-Pac. Just to get it. He beat the two number one contenders, basically. Just to get it X-Pac. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand this match. It's it's over Tori, who I don't find attractive. This storyline actually made me want to see the match. I know you say it's unnecessary, but this is is pretty built up. it, It has. X-Pac used a fire cannon on Kane. See, we were, you were talking about how China's little uh, sparkler cannon is yeah. cool. I think a fire cannon This is was much. basically just a flamethrower with extra flame. I mean, th- he shot that thing in his face. I wrote, this is quite a buildup for an X-Pac match. I mean, this is really crazy how much work. I mean, Sean Waltman hadn't had a bigger match since. This is, yeah, this is his greatest feud. Definitely. Kane comes out first. He's in his mostly black attire. I think he looks great here. Kane hits a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker and hoofs X-Pac over the ropes. X-Pac grabs Tori and they say, let's just leave. This blood feud, uh, we're just going to leave. Kane follows them near the entrance and beats up X-Pac near the barriers. There's a cage wall near the entryway, like uh, part of the Hell in a Cell wall, I guess. It was a cell-type cage roof sides to walk through. And uh, just to give you a picture. X-Pac runs Kane into that wall and then uh, hits him with a garbage can. Kane, this is a plunder match. Hey, Dusty, what kind of match are they having? Some plunder, baby. Kane takes him towards the fans. There's a fan with a Kane mask right there. What are the odds of that, that they were... They found the one guy with a cane mask. The one guy with a cane mask. In 2000, they didn't even have cane masks, to my knowledge, did they? Oh, I'm sure they did. They fight their way through the crowd back to the ring. Kane misses with the ring steps, but throws them into the ring. X-Pac knocks Kane down with the ring bell. He tries a chair, but Paul Bearer stops him and starts leveling him with punches. And Tori breaks it up, and now Paul Bearer is chasing Tori around the ring for a split second, and that's their big spot of the match. That fat man was sweating, having to run. X-Pac hits the spinning heel kick and then hits the Bronco Buster on a Kane. Then X-Pac tries to take the big man's legs out from him. He eventually gets Kane down on one knee, and then he works Kane's knee. Kane catches X-Pac trying to come off the top rope with something. He tries for a tombstone, but X-Pac gets out and hits him with an X-Factor. 
Bear distracts X-Pac so he can't get the cover, and then Kane gets back up. He hits his top rope diving clothesline. JR wants Kane to tombstone Tory, so JR, he's, he's turning into a heel in this show. He wants violence against women. Real bad. We get a choke slam to X-Pac from Kane, then Tory gets in and piggybacks Kane, and he does deliver a tombstone to Tory. Lawler says that losing your head won't get you any tail. Bada boom. Bada bing. X-Pac dropkicks the steps onto Kane, who catches them, falls down with the stairs over his head, and then X-Pac uses those stairs to hold Kane down. And pin him for the one, and the two, and the three. In seven minutes and 50 seconds. What you got here? Too long. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was a great match. Oh, it was a good match. I thought Wait, it was a perfect time, too. Really? Yeah. I would have I would have said four for this match. Four minutes? Oh, oh no. We got to do more than that. I mean, that, that's the time it would take Paul Bear to run around the ring. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was great. It was a good match. Uh, a good way to use the ring steps. Yes. Not enough people do that. Um, I don't... I didn't care for them working the uh, the cell wall on the entryway just because you're going to see that in the main event. So don't give them something that somebody else is going to do. Right. But other than that, yeah, no, it was a, it was a good match. It's, uh, in my opinion, it was a little long. It was, there was little kind of spots of just running around, but... Patrick, you can get a free T-shirt if you send in your cable bill for this. I really want to know how many of those T-shirts they actually sold. Well, they were an ugly. It was an ugly T-shirt. It, it was, was white tri- with just the poster on of the front Triple of it. H. It was three different images of Triple H. That's all it was. And it looks like they were made to order. I mean, so they. I don't think anyone has this shirt. No. And you still paid for shipping and handling. Yeah. So you didn't get it for free. Let's just clarify that. Well, I mean, we just can't ship stuff for free, Patrick. No. Michael Cole, he's backstage with the Radicals. Dean Malenko says they're not nervous, and Too Cool and Rikishi should be scared, and that the Radicals will be dancing tonight. That's right. Can you imagine if the Radicals had won and started dancing? If you saw Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero dancing in their first pay-per-view match, how bad that would be? <laughs> it's bad enough that they lost the match, but... Uh, if they had given them the dancing gimmick. Yeah. Ooh. That would have been rough. I agree. Eddie's got a dislocated elbow, so he won't be wrestling tonight. But he's still going to walk out there with them. I said, what an idiot. Why would he go out? If you've got a dislocated elbow, Patrick, do not go out and play with your friends. Don't go play with your friends. No? No. Not if you got a dislocated. If you have a dislocated elbow, Patrick, and then I say, hey, I've got a hardcore match tonight, or I've got a match tonight, would you like to escort me to the ring? You say no. Sure. No. Yes. Why? Because I am not going to give up a chance to stand in front of those crowd. That, all those You people. want your payday. Exactly. Is what you want. Yeah. So anyway, I said, you shouldn't be flying on an airplane to the venue. Was it dislocated? Or was it a gimmick? I think he was actually injured when he came in. I do think that was real. Okay. But I'll have to... I'll I thought it was gimmick. Well, they would need a way for him not to be in the match because it's a three-on-three match. So, But I think he I think he did have a, a dislocated elbow. He's got a pipe, and, but he says even though he's holding a pipe, he's only going to be moral support for the Radical. The announcers mentioned that Rikishi has a dislocated ankle. Yeah, what a bunch of carnies here. All these injured guys going out there, Patrick. Yeah. Take the day off. It's okay. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of weight for that ankle to be carrying just... 
Especially FYI. for as mobile as he was, Rikishi. He you know. he moved really well for a big man. So Benoit, Saturn, and Malenko will be representing the Radicals in this match. What was your thoughts of the Radicals? Just before we jump into this match, I enjoyed it. It was WWE's version of the NWO invasion. No, it was the Radicals. It was the outsiders coming in. That's what it. I mean, yeah. No, it wasn't presented like that at all. They were presented as that they were in the crowd one night and then they got a contract. It wasn't like the NWO where it was a drawn. I mean, the Radicals actually didn't stay together very long as a group. No, they so. didn't. Dean Malenko would go on to. F- I think it's shocking how they WCW blew it with these guys. How when oh yeah Sullivan was made the Booker and they said if anyone wants to leave. We'll let you leave. They let four of their best guys go. Yeah. What an idiot. Yeah. What a stupid move by a company. When you really look at this group, uh, Perry Saturn, a good high flyer. Well, he's the weakest wrestler of this group. Which, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You've got Chris Benoit, who, one of the most technically sound, God-gifted, greatest wrestlers. I mean, he was the WCW champ when he left. Of all time. Uh, Dean Malenko who can chain wrestle with pretty much anybody and uh, now works backstage as a trainer. And then you've got Eddie Guerrero, who, I mean, Eddie Guerrero is, once again, I say I'm not an Eddie Guerrero fan, but is well-loved by millions of fans. He was always a solid wrestler. Yeah. So the match starts. Eddie tries to get Rikishi with the pipe. Rikishi decks him with an elbow. So starting out the match, we'll have Perry Saturn with Grandmaster Sexe. Brian Christopher tries a superplex on Perry Saturn, but then gives it up and tries a missile drop kick. And then he hits him with an enziguri. So right away, Brian Christopher gets the, the offense to start the match. Chris Benoit is in next. Grandmaster Sexe hits a bulldog for two. Then Scotty Tuhati tags in. They hit a pair of double elbows. Scotty slams Benoit, moonwalks, and then tags in Rikishi. We get a stink face on Chris Benoit. This is the Radicals' first pay-per-view match, by the way. That's, yeah. I said stink face to Chris Benoit, welcome to the WWF. Pretty much. This guy won the world title belt the week before he came over in WCW, and now he's getting a stink face from Rikishi. My, how things change in a week. Yeah, this was, uh... Rikishi tries a Samoan driver, but Saturn saves Benoit. Malenko gets the tag and comes in next. He goes right after Rikishi's hurt ankle. Then Saturn tags back in and continues the work on the ankle. Rikishi can't run, but he can use it for a kick. Rikishi chant breaks out, and then Rikishi tags out. He gets Scotty in, who hits a bulldog on Saturn, then calls for the worm. But Dean Malenko cuts off the worm and then gets booed <laughs> because the crowd was really behind I wanted too to see, cool here. I wanted to see the worm. Uh, Chris Benoit comes in without a tag, but the ref doesn't notice. He gets a snap suplex on Scotty Too Hotty, and then he gets a drop toe hold onto Scotty into Dean Malenko, into Dean Malenko's drop kick. So Benoit dro- uh, drop toe holds Scotty Too Hotty into a drop kick from Dean Malenko. We get a double arm suplex for two before Grandmaster Sex A breaks it up. Dean Malenko hits a backbreaker on Scotty Too Hotty, who holds it and waits for a knee. From Saturn, off the top rope. Grandmaster Sexay breaks up this pen. Now the crowd come to their feet because Scotty Too Hotty hulks up and is going on a comeback. It stopped very quickly because Saturn hits a Hurricane Rana. Then Benoit tags in, who lights up Scotty Too Hotty with vicious chops, but somehow rolls up Benoit for a two count. Scotty reverses a back body drop for another two count. And then Perry Saturn tags in. The Radicals keep Scotty in their corner 
for lots of double team moves, and they beat him down in the corner. Benoit gets back in the ring. Benoit gets in the ring, and Perry Saturn and Benoit inadvertently headbutt each other, allowing Scotty Tuhati to make the hot tag to Rikishi, and then Rikishi comes in and cleans house. We get a Samoan driver on Perry Saturn. Then Grandmaster Sex A wants Scotty to tag in so we can finally see the worm that Dean Malenko broke up earlier in the match. I, wa- I, was, wa- I was waiting. I wanted to see the worm. He does the worm, and the crowd goes nuts. A huge reaction for this stupid move. I love the worm. Of course you do. Rikishi hits a belly-to-belly on Saturn. Now everyone's lost track of who the legal men are. Grandmaster Sex A goes for the Tennessee Jam and hits it on Perry Saturn. Benoit gets the flying headbutt. Sex A rolls out of the way, and he hits it on Saturn. So he's hit his own man with the headbutt. Malenko rolls in Rikishi, but Rikishi gets up and hits a Samoan driver. And then Rikishi calls for a bonsai drop, gets it. And covers him for the win in 13 minutes and 30 seconds. Rikishi is hurt, so he might not be able to dance. And this yeah. crowd would be denied he's, a Rikishi dance. He's going to go to the back. He's, he's in a lot of pain. The crowd really wants this dance, Patrick. They, are they? They really do. They really want it. They want it more than anything wait a else. Minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm seeing some yellow sunglasses. Yellow sunglasses? Yellow sunglasses. You know what? His ankle... When he sees those yellow sunglasses, it feels a hundred times better. One hundred percent. And Sexay dons the yellow sunglasses on Rikishi's head, and too cool, do their dance. And the crowd goes wild. What did you think of this match? I enjoyed it. It was shocking how over too cool was. Yeah. This group, they were the hottest tag team in the company. Yes, they. It was. Uh, it was insane. I enjoyed it, the match, but I also enjoyed too cool. Um, the Radicals should have got the win here. Being the new guys on the block, yeah, I would have given it to the Radicals. But No, they got to suffer. They tried to screw me in WCW, so you know what? I'll make Benoit take a stink face, and then they'll lose. Yeah, that's... No man should ever have to take... No human being, because I know even Stephanie's had to take it a few times. No human being should ever have to take the stink face. I, that's like kissing Vince's ass in the middle of the ring. Oh, I think it's not as bad as that. That's the worst. I mean, because you actually have to put your lips on the dude's ass. At least with the stink face, there's a piece of fabric there, you know. There's not much. I know there's not much, <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed this match a lot. It, yeah, this whole pay per view has been pretty good so far, except for Mark Henry and Viscera so far. Oh, and Taz and Boss. Taz Man. and Boss Man suck too. Those yeah. two matches could have been cut completely. But we, now we're getting to the, the semi-main, the main events. The semi, well, it's not the the last match on the card, so. It's the semi-main. So it should have been on, on first based on what we learned tonight. Well, yeah, because the main event goes on first, Everyone apparently, in 2016. We cut away to see Kurt Angle, Kirk Angel. He's outside still partying with the crowd. What was the point of these to show Kurt Angle's, is this a face turn for him? They're, they're trying. I don't, I just don't understand. I think it. Here's my thought process behind it, really and truly. Here is this white meat faced baby, you know, baby face guy who won gold medals in the Olympics in '96. Vince wants him baby face. Vince wants him baby. Vince, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Vince is going to put him in front of the camera and make people love him. He wants him to be the real American. Yeah. And uh, it just didn't work out. It turned out that... He was uh, a much better heel. Oh, yeah. Kurt Angle has pretty much worked heel his whole career, and it it's great. 
The Rock and Big Show, they will wrestle for a title shot at WrestleMania. Coming up next. We get a promo piece recapping this feud. Uh, yeah, it's all about the Royal Rumble, the finish to the Royal Rumble. Big Show won. I said simple. Big Show won, and it was a bad call by the refs. And Big Show wants his revenge. Big Show comes out first to a totally dead reaction, and then The Rock comes out, and the place goes wild because a star. <sighs> yeah. Rock comes out, and then we get the start of the match. He starts the match by smacking the Big Show, and then big strikes. Get the float over DDT for a two count. He tries a rock bottom, but the Big Show counters with an elbow and throws him outside. Rock throws Big Show into the steps, and Big Show throws Rock into the crowd. Big Show levels him with a lariat, and then Earl, Earl Hebner, begs for them to please get back into the ring because this should have been a count out right here. A double count out, no WrestleMania main event. None whatsoever. In the referee handbook, Patrick, are you allowed to have leeway like this? Yes. At the ref's discretion? That I that's, that's it. I am the one in charge when that match is going on. So referee's discretion. I guess The Rock was listening to Earl because he back body drops Big Show back onto the ring mats outside the ring to get him back into going towards the ring anyway. Big Show teases a press slam of throwing The Rock into the crowd, but instead he just drops him throat first onto the barrier, so he snake eyes, basically. They climb back into the ring, and Mr. Show hits a headbutt and an elbow on The Rock. Big Show whips Rock into the ropes for a power slam and a two count. Rock goes outside where Big Show follows him. Rock's thirsty and gets a sip of Jim Ross's water bottle, and then he spits it in the Big Show's face. Is that a DQ, Patrick? No. Why? Because it is water. It's still for an object. It's water. We don't know what could be in that water. That is true. Could have been vodka. No, and JR, it could have been. Big Show rolls Rock back into the ring. Rock hits a side Russian leg sweep for a two count on Big Show. Then Rock hits a stiff DDT for a two count. Big Show hits a side lock slam and gets a lazy cover for a two count. Big Show goes and gets a chair and swings and misses. And Earl takes a ref bump to the outside. Show calls for the choke slam and hits it. But there's no referee no ref. to count the fall. And here, Tim White comes running out, and Earl Hebner and Tim White are going to fight over who gets to make this count in the ring. What do you do in this situation, Patrick? I think you just let him fight it out. No chance in hell hits, so you think, oh, Vince is coming out. But no, it's Shane McMahon. Shane makes his return, and the place went nuts. He comes towards the ring while Rock grabs the chair and levels Big Show with it. We get a rock bottom into the people's elbow. The crowd is going nuts. Rock is about to drop the elbow, but Shane... All at once, Shane slides in, grabs the chair, and, and takes the three rock. steps and does this flying leap with that steel chair and nails the rock right in the head. Tim White counts the three, and Big Show is going to WrestleMania in 9 minutes, 33 seconds. So your, your main event... Boo! Your main event for WrestleMania... Boo! ...is the Big Show... I mean, we can only hope that Mick wins his match, so, I mean, the main event's saved, you know, a little yeah. bit. I mean, it's either it, it's either Big Show and Mick, or it's Big Show and Triple H, so, you know. I would have lost my mind if I had bought this pay-per-view and had seen this finish. I would have been so angry. I would have been stomping around the house. Forget ordering WrestleMania next month. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that. I'm not watching Big Show main event WrestleMania. No way. See, I at this point in time, Big Show looked really. I mean, he looked good. No, he looked like crap. No, no this yes. was still this was still giant Big Show from WCW till this. He was, sucks, man. He had always been booked as a terrible 
He'd been booked terribly since arriving in the WWF, costing Vince McMahon a match against Stone Cold Steve Austin in his debut at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, 1999. And ever since then, he was booked as a joke, and he's just a joke. I don't want to see him in any match, let alone the WrestleMania main event. My, I mean, the Super Bowl of pro wrestling is not going to be headlined by the big show. He's had some great WrestleMania matches, No, he has not. I mean, Floyd Mayweather. I just wrote down, why Shane? Why? What a jerk. Shane McMahon. Why? What a stupid guy. He He's a part owner of this company, and he just sabotaged his own pay-per-view. He just sabotaged WrestleMania. He just cost himself millions of dollars. Stone Cold's on the shelf with an injury yeah. during this time, so he won't be at WrestleMania. And now you just took your biggest, your second biggest star out of the main event. Well, there's got to be room for more people to become stars. It can't all be about The Rock. The Big Show was not going to be a star. Not with... Not with guys with so much charisma like Rock and Austin around. Big Show had no chance. You might actually be right, but I'm just saying. So the Hell in a Cell retirement match is coming up next. Promo airs recapping the Cell and the previous matches, which they only recap the two matches. In this, I want to stop. I, I love the fact that you picked this. A lot of people say that their favorite match of Mick Foley is Hell in a Cell with... Undertaker. King of the Ring 98. King of the Ring 98. Or the I Quit match from Royal Rumble 99 against The Rock. My favorite is Royal Rumble 2000 Street Fight Cactus Jack versus Triple H. That is my... Me and Mick have had conversations about this. That was just done so wonderful and just beautifully done. And the fact leading into that match that you had the transformation. This is the only time I've ever seen this, and it worked perfectly. Mick Foley comes out on stage as Mankind. He's talking about the fact that he can't take it. He can't fight Triple H at the Royal Rumble for the title because Mankind just doesn't have what it takes. And as he's walking down to the ring, he removes the white shirt, he removes the mask, and does this full body transformation from mankind to cactus jack in front of this live audience and it still to this day gives me goosebumps thinking about it let alone watching it which built up to this match to where mick foley was going to either number one main event wrestlemania his lifelong dream or retire and this feud carried everything i think yeah, the, the promo piece that airs recaps mainly just talks about the cell and its history. And they only show highlights from HBK Taker and then Foley Taker. And then they, it totally ignores WrestleMania 15, Undertaker and Big Boss Man. Yeah, because we can't hang a man from the <laughs> ceiling and show that on live television. But, yeah, no. Uh, that's totally what, glances over that. That's why I gave you this this little excerpt here. Um, yeah, you built it better. Just, I mean, they should have just shown highlights from the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that the transformation going into the Royal Rumble, Triple H won the Royal Rumble match, but I mean, really and truly, the one walking out of there was Cactus, was Mick, and so I mean, and this was it was all or nothing. This was this is do or die for Cactus Jack, just like it was for DDP and Uncensored '96 against the Booty Man. You can listen to it. Yeah, this right is a- here. You can listen to it here, right here, on the Retro Wrestling Podcast. We go backstage again. Angle is shown singing. He's in the parking area. He's about to go home for the night. 
But then Jericho and China sneak attack him from behind and stuff him into the trunk of his own car. What a stupid idiot. Champion Triple H is out first. Boo! Why should the champion be out first here, Pat? Mind games. Mind games. Does being out first in the Hell in a Cell give you an advantage, maybe? Is that why? Because you can get the jump on the guy as soon as That's he walks down. That's what I'm down. thinking. Triple H's left leg is heavily taped, but he's out with China. Uh, not China. <laughs> no, no, no. Triple H's left leg is heavily taped, and he's out with Stephanie. It's, it's uh, the Stephanie McMahon, or it's the McMahon-Helmsley regime. Yes, the McMahon-Helmsley era. Uh, his leg was taped due to the Royal Rumble match where he a nail when he took the suplex onto the wooden pallets, a nail from the pallet jabbed up in there and ripped his thigh, complete or his quadricep right there below it. All that, that meat right there, it just ripped it wide open. So. Yeah, well, the first of many uh, quad problems Triple H would have in his lifetime. I said, I think I like this belt better than the old winged eagle belt. I like this rounded winged eagle belt. Really? Yeah, I think it's better than the winged eagle. There's a few and few, few people that may agree with you. You don't like this better than the winged eagle no. belt? I think this is the best belt. I really had. believe it or not, I think they should bring the winged eagle back now. I said, Stephanie needs a hairstylist. She has a perm from hell. <laughs> Coming out with Triple H. Cactus Jack is out next. The cell lowers down from the ceiling around them. Immediately, Mick Foley wants to go to the door. He's already ready to climb up to the top of the cell. He said he was going to jump off on Triple H. But Triple H has outsmarted him. They've already chained the door and added multiple locks. Did you count how many locks there were? <laughs> no. You did not? No. How many locks did they put on this door? I, If I can remember, I did count, actually, believe it or not. And if I remember correctly, I think there was 12. Wow. I could be wrong on that. So don't hold me to it. But I believe there was 12 locks. So he wanted to make sure for a fact. He's seen other wrestling matches where they put one lock and it's not enough. Mick Foley is not absolutely not getting out of that hell. Not a in chance. A cell match. Well, if I was the crowd and I saw this on the t- Titantron or whatever, I would be so upset because now I'm thinking I'm not going to get my big spot. You know, those people in Pittsburgh at King of the Ring '98, they got all these amazing spots off the top of the cell. But now I see locks and I'm like, well, this sucks. They're yeah. just going to be in the cell the whole time. We'll see if they can find a way out, Patrick. Uh, Triple H and Mick Foley start striking each other immediately. Cactus really wants out of the cage, so he tries kicking the door. He tries to grate Triple H's face on the cage wall, but he's blocked. Triple H hits his signature knee. Cactus grabs a chair. Triple H blocks a chair shot and rams Cactus into the cage. Then he rams his head into the turnbuckle, grabs the steps, and chucks them into Foley's face. Like, throws them across the ring. Very violent. Yeah. I would not take that bump. That's That's not a good... Good ones to take. I noticed when Foley was coming out, he's already hobbling out to the ring here. Mick was having a lot of health issues at this point in time. He uh having a lot, a lot of problems remembering things, which is one of the reasons why it led to his retirement. So Triple H puts the stairs over Foley's face and then hammers it with the chair. So this is the second time on the night the stairs are used over someone's face. Now Triple H gets into the ring and he poses so Foley can recover from this brutal attack. He rams the chair into Foley and wallops his back with it. Then a disgusting chair shot to the face. Just a nasty. That was ugly. That was really ugly. Nasty chair shot on Mick Foley for a two count. 
He follows it up with a DDT for another t- uh, quick two count. The crowd starts chanting for Cactus Jack here at this point. Triple H tries a running chair shot this time, but he gets blocked and fully hits him with a low blow. Then we get the double arm DDT onto the chair. H bumps on his knee, so he didn't. He took it like Kane would take a DDT. He doesn't want to. No. Not fair. It's so not fair in this match how uh, Triple H, you know, Foley will take just vicious, violent. Foley goes 112% into anything, and Triple H goes into it safely. Foley gets a two count for this. So, kicking out of a finisher here, Patrick, the the double arm DDT onto a chair. Triple H is Superman, is what we're made to believe. Foley gets a Russian leg sweep onto the chair. So, again, Triple H eats, eats another chair shot. He puts up the chair in the corner, like in the sitting position, and then sets Triple H on it. What a nice guy. He's going to give Triple H a nice break in the corner. Then Foley tries a running knee, but his drop toe hold onto the chair. Another chair shot to make Foley. H clotheslines him over the rope. Stephanie is outside of the cage, and she's just loving it. Triple H violently throws Cactus by his back into the cage. H gets the stairs again, calls for a pedigree onto the steps, but Cactus catapults him into the cage. This gives Triple H an opportunity to blade, then Foley grates his face on the cage afterwards. Foley hip-tosses Triple H into the cage wall. Foley grabs a new chair and does his elbow drop with the chair off the second rope onto H onto the floor. Yeah. His classic. From the second rope to the floor, he drops that uh, elbow drop with technically with the chair. And... uh, and he hits Triple H with an, and this is, this is the best-selling Triple H does all match because he starts shaking from it, like having a seizure yes. from the from the chair shot. We get Foley chance now from the crowd. Cactus Jack throws the steps at Triple H, but Triple H gets out of the way, and these steps make a new hole in the cage. I wonder not, if he'll be using not, that. Not a hole in the cage. A hole in the cage. A huge hole. No, like it busts the corner out a little bit. Oh. Wait a minute. Does that mean that... No. He can't fit through that. He can't fit through that hole. No, absolutely not. But the crowd, they know what this means as soon as they see the cage rip. And they start going nuts. So he throws Triple H through the new little crack in the cage. And then when he goes through it, he scratches up his arm really bad going Uh, through it. Yeah, I was going to say that. He... Golly, man. He busted his arm bad. He just... And he tried to go through it carefully. He yeah. got, it's it's funny that he threw Triple H through it. Triple H got through it fine. Yeah. But then Foley just goes carefully through it and gets his arm cut up really badly. Uh, he's, he's pouring blood out of his arm. So they go to the announce table. They battle on it. They climb onto the table. Foley pile drives Triple H on the table, and it doesn't break. This is a strong announce table. They should buy more tables from this table company. Yeah, they should. After this huge pile driver on the table, we get Foley chance from the crowd again. Stephanie stops Cactus from climbing the cage. She grabs his leg. Mark Eaton gets chucked to the side so Foley can grab the barbed wire 2x4, which he was keeping in the timekeeper's table. Mark Eaton, what a heel. Keeping yeah. the keeping the barbed wire 2x4 over there. He should have that should have been reported, you know, yeah. to the proper authorities. When Triple H sees the barbed wire 2x4, he takes off running for his life. He jumps into the crowd to try and get away. And then Foley hits him directly into the face with the barbed wire. Wow, I never... I would have never bet that Triple H was going to take this. No, yeah. This barbed wire must have been clipped pretty well on the side that he takes it in the face with. I'm still never taking barbed wire. I don't care if it's clipped. I'm not getting hit in the face with that. 
People don't clip wrestling. They don't no, this is it. real. Of course not. They don't clip it? No, I'm being dead serious right now with you. They don't clip it. They, Patrick. I have one I know you don't. Yeah, because you made it to be real. You made it to where well, you yeah. kill somebody. And we've used it in lots of matches. They clipped it, knowing he would take it into the face. True hardcore, you don't clip it. I know that, but this is Triple H, man. This isn't... This isn't CZW. This isn't this isn't Japan. This isn't Terry Funk and Mick Foley. This is Triple H, man. That's this guy is about to headline WrestleMania. That's true. That is. You're you're right. You're right. What a wimp. Well, he did take it. Yeah, but not with real. Well, maybe. If if we go by you thinking that everything in wrestling is real, yes. Everything in wrestling's real. Absolutely. <laughs> Never break kayfabe. Never. So Triple H, after taking this huge two by four to the face. He runs up the cage to get away. Did he not watch King of the Ring 1998? Why would you do that? That's the one place you don't want to go. That's the one place Mick Foley said he was going to go, so why would you go up there? So he goes up there. Cactus throws his 2x4 up to Triple H. Now that's a stupid move. (laughs) Here you go, Triple H. Here's the weapon. Hey, buddy, you want this? And he does, man. He chucks it up there, and he proceeds to... Yeah, and so then he tries to climb up, Yeah, and so he gets the 2x4 sawed into his own head. Yeah. So Cactus Jack gave Triple H the weapon to then cut into his head. As he's it. hanging there, he takes it, I mean, just brutally right across the forehead and the eyes. Yeah, and then Cactus takes a bump off the cage through the Spanish announce table just off of this nothing. Yeah. Just after after getting cut in the head, he's just so, he's so phased by the cuts, he falls into the Spanish announce table. That gets the holy shit chance going. It wasn't as good of a bump as the King of the Ring 98 no. through the table. And it wasn't as good of a bump as what comes later, yes. We get asshole chance for Triple H while he's up on the top of the cage posing. Cactus tries to throw chairs up to the top of the cage. He's he, he didn't learn from the last time. He just did it, Patrick. Pat, the man just real the man just got hit with his own weapon a minute ago and now he wants to give Triple H another weapon. Yes. But good for him. He can't get the chairs chucked up there. No. He tries to throw chairs up to the top of the cage, but he misses 3 times before he finally gives up. He almost hits Jerry Lawler with one of the chairs that misses and Jerry Lawler comments on it. He's very angry. Cactus finally gives up on tossing the chairs up to Triple H, so he climbs up to the cage, and H blasts him with the 2x4 again. Then Cactus Jack low blows him before he gets hit again. H almost falls through the corner of the cage. The corner of the cage is starting to give it way. It gives way, yeah. Uh, Mick hits a snap suplex on the top of the cage to Triple H. Then we get a double arm DDT on Triple H, and then Cactus looks to the heavens. He says, what could I do now? How can I put this guy away? So he goes and gets a 2x4, and he pulls out a lighter. He lights the 2x4 on fire. Then he hits Triple H with the non-lit end of the 2x4, so not quite as cool as... It was lit. He hits him with the the part near his hands that's holding it. It looked cool. I mean, the 2x4 looked great, but he didn't... He lit it on fire, and he hit him with the fire. No, he didn't. Hey, listen, it's still real to me, damn it. And then he says to the crowd, he's going to pile drive Triple H onto the fire yeah, of the 2 he gives the universal pile driver symbol. And, uh, but H counters. He back body drops him through, through the, cage, the cage onto the mat, which this time is gimmicked. So it cushions his landing. The mat, the ring mat gives way around Mick the Foley. The boards break underneath it. Right. 
And so he's cushioned, but now he's in a hole, basically. He falls into a hole in the ring, basically. Right. And then you have three minutes of Triple H stumbling around trying to figure out how the hell am I going to get down from here. So Triple H climbs down. We get Foley chance filling the arena because they can't believe what they just saw. I love this, though. Foley starts moving his arms around. He comes back to life in the hole. He's laying there. Triple H walks over just to check him, and like he's nudge. You know how you when you go yeah. hunting, and you nudge like make sure after you shot he it, it's, it's dead. So he just barely kicks his leg or his uh, kicks his arm, and Mick starts moving again. And that was a great sell by tri- by Triple H. Yeah, Triple H can't believe it, but Foley crawls out of his hole. He gets up. He starts crawling to Triple H. He's not out of this yet, Patrick. But he gets punched in the face. He gets a big right hand for his trouble. And Triple H hits the pedigree and gets the win in 23 minutes, 59 seconds. And JR says, Godspeed, Mick Foley. As after the match is over and Triple H is left, Mick stands up. It's the standing ovation and walks to his retirement. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I know people are going to say, Oh, but he came back. He didn't retire. Uh this actually was Mick's retirement uh, from full-time. He never went on the road and did a full-time back-to-back match after this. Well, this was he, he went if you call it a retirement match, Patrick, nah, you have to stay retired. I know in wrestling that's never the that's case. That's never the case. And it wasn't his fault because WWE called him back. Well, that was stupid. Going into our... Anyway, what'd you think of the match? We'll talk about the aftermath. Uh, I love this match. I still love to watch this match. Yeah, I think this is a a good Hell in a Cell match. I don't think it's better than Bad Blood 97, and I don't think it's as good as King of the Ring 98. But that's part of the reason why it's not as good as King of the Ring 98, because King of the Ring 98, you'll never top those two bumps. You can never, I don't care how many Hell in a Cell matches you do, no no offense to Shane this past year, because Shane really tried to... to that was still an impressive... That was an impressive elbow from the top onto... The table. Onto the table, because Taker moved. But you will never top King of the Ring 98, uh, Hell in a Cell. For with, the bumps. Yeah, I mean... And that's why this match, because they had just seen that two years earlier, or a year and a half earlier, that's why it just won't be... That's to me why it's just not as good as that, those, and it's definitely not as good of a match as Bad Blood '97 up until the finish yeah. with Kane coming in. Because, I mean, Shawn Michaels is the greatest in-ring performer ever, and he's in there with Undertaker. So Triple H is no Shawn Michaels in the ring. No. So I don't think it's as good as those matches. I would probably put it as the third best. Yes, I still think it stands there as well. Triple H. I was real. I remember when I was watching wrestling during this time. I was really, really upset that Triple H won this match. Like the storyline would definitely lead you to believe that Mick Foley was going to win this well, match. Yeah, because nobody's going to retire a month before WrestleMania. But not only that, the WWF crowd. I mean, Mick Foley had only been there since like late '96. So you're telling me after four years, you're already hanging it up? That just seems highly unlikely. So to me, I thought definitely Mick Foley's going to win this match. And he had lost. He just lost it at Royal Rumble. Behind the scenes, this wasn't a Mick Foley call. Unfortunately, this was a Vince McMahon call because, uh, as I said earlier, 
Mick was having a lot of memory problems and things like that, that concussions, which now we're learning have concussions are a lot worse than what they, you know, what they expected them to be back then. Um, he just started having a lot of problems remembering things and things like that. And that's when uh, Vince spoke up and was like, listen, this, this you're done. This isn't your decision. This is I'm taking it out of your hands, and which led to this. They brought him back a month later, though, Patrick. They did, and you want to know why they brought him back? Because Mick Foley sells tickets. Well, I know True. who doesn't sell tickets. Big Show. <laughs> Big Show's never sold any tickets. I did have some problems with how strong Triple H was made to look in this match, and I think this is the start of Triple H burying people that were that – misconception well it's not a misconception it's true yeah i this is where jerk triple h starts in my mind is is around this time because he was just booked to be uh unstoppable and the fact that he yeah this made me hate triple h just not as this just made me hate triple h i i don't know i hate that i hate that he was booked to win these matches and that he made i think the problem with this match in particular the finish when 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 Cactus Jack fell into the ring hole, I think Triple H should have just pinned him there. I hate that Triple H had to pedigree him one more time just to I agree. get his finisher over or whatever. I agree. So, yeah, that, that was such a phenomenal fall. And very un, unlike Hell in a Cell 98, this one was made you know, for that. It was gimmicked. It was made for that fall. Uh, but, yeah, after that fall... Just take it home, man. Don't, don't. There's no sense in. Right. Why have Mick crawl? I know it's to make Mick look strong, but to, yeah. to look strong and then just eat a finisher and get pinned. Yeah. That doesn't. It just no. it defeats the purpose. Right. So just have him get just pinned. Because make it be like, well, holy crap, he just killed him. Yeah. Like, but overall, I thought this pay per view was uh, excellent. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, and this, this pay per view is usually in recent years has become sort of a nothing pay-per-view where it's just a holdover to get you to WrestleMania. But this actually had, well, you thought at the time this had actual implications on the WrestleMania main event. Yeah. Well, and I mean, with ending Mick Foley's career. So, right. So know. major storyline stuff happened here. And it and May out. Young still has her baby. She still has the hand. So yeah. I mean, What do you know. think of the show? I, I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Uh, it would have been a lot better without the uh, Boss Man Taz match. Oh, yeah, and without the Mark Henry and Visser. Oh, I understand storyline-wise why that one's in there. It was a bad match, but I I get why it had to be in the pay-per-view. Boss Man Taz. It was set up on Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, Boss Man Taz, there's just no sense in it being in there. But it was only a minute 23. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a really strong show. Now, on the scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where would you put No Way Out 2000? I'm going to give it a Undertaker. Wow. An Undertaker. So we're just about Uh, like two notches below. I'm going to give it a Kurgan. Really? Yeah, I'm going to give it a Kurgan. So you're going one notch above me, basically. (laughs) Is he taller than the Undertaker? He is. Well, yeah, Kurgan from the Truth Commission. That's... That's what I will rate. No that's, way out. I mean, that's that's just one notch below perfect. So. Yeah. The tagline for this uh, pay per view was "Let the game begin." See, because Triple H is the game, and they let it begin. It's true. 
It's and at WrestleMania 2000, I can't believe Big Show versus Triple H is going to be the main event. That's crazy. Yeah. Going to sell a lot of tickets for that. It's, you know, if you don't know what the main event is, now you do. Uh, you can go to WWE.com. Get your tickets now. Get your tickets now. So where are we going next week, Patrick? This is my final pick before Halloween. So it only seems right to take it to Halloween Havoc. And which Halloween Havoc will we be visiting? We're going to go and visit Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc 1996. Hulk Hogan versus Route. No, it's Hulk Hogan versus Macho Man Randy Savage with the debut of Rowdy Roddy Piper on WCW pay-per-views. Yep. Can't wait. Except I can't because I remember this one not being that good. But Patrick makes it a habit of torturing me with bad pay-per-views week This to is week. a good pay-per-view. Okay. We shall see. So next week on the Retro Wrestling Podcast will be Halloween Havoc 1996. And so for the Retro Wrestling Podcast, I'm Intern Alex. I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always... My closing line's clothesline. That's right. Bingo, bango. We did it again. When I decided to leave full-time wrestling, it's like you're, you're ending this great relationship. And I remember going to Mr. McMahon and said, tell him about my knees. And then he's like, you know, I wish you could, you know, you need to take care of yourself a little better. You know, Vince was only concerned with the extra weight I was carrying. The moment I told him about the memory issues, he said, you've just had your last match. So if, I know there are people out there think Vince is ruthless and vile. And as a character, he... He can be, but there's a really a caring, good side, and and I was a guy who was making a lot of money for WWE, and he was willing to cast that aside. Al Snow and I had a match uh, with Bob and Crash Holly, and I thought it was going to be my last match. As fate had it, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin suffered a serious neck injury, so there was this huge hole in the roster, and I went to Vince and I said, "Listen, maybe I could, you know, help out just for a few months until we can work something out." Top guy in this business should mean you can stick your name on a marquee and people will come. Doesn't matter who you're wrestling, doesn't matter. It's just your name is what draws people to the arena, and you know, neither Mick or I were that guy. Austin was, and he was gone, and they put us in a position to be those marquee guys. And the fact that Mick wanted to do it with me, I was humbled and blown away by that. So I was given the opportunity to have a couple of matches with Triple H. We had a, an all-time classic match at the Garden. Ended up with me taking a, a pedigree in the thumbtacks, where the thumbtacks still meant something. It was up there, still up there in my top five. I thought it was a defining moment in Triple H's career. That street fight in 2000 still to this day is one of my career favorite matches. And then we ended up doing a, another one. So we had to try to top what we had done at the Garden, and we did it in a Hell in a Cell match. I think myself, and I know a lot of others were, were very concerned about what Foley was going to do to top the last one. Ended up in dramatic fashion, the backdrop through the cell. was a perfect ending, like nothing could mess this up. And just, I reflected back on the career, you know, I thought this was a perfect way to end it. And then I ruined it. <laughs> he just came back and I was like, what happened? He was like, oh, they called me, I holy cow. And it just, <laughs> it was just like one of those things in the business, like, well, I guess never say never, right? 
into the wind He doesn't care about himself You'd really be a fool To think he cares about someone else He's not really much of keeping the action in the ring Cause broken bones on a concrete floor Are really more his thing He's not on a team or a member of a gang He's Cactus Jack or better known It's Mr. Bang Bang He's as strange as a man can be He ain't got no family A long career is not expected Mr. Mr. Bay. 